FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 491 of the podcast that goes snicked, snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and this is the final part of our Density of X trilogy. We're going to cover the remaining Wolverine books between 10 Lives and 10 Deaths of Wolverine and the current uh, 2022 X-Men, Hellfire, and Gala. So what we have before us is X-Force 28, X-Men 11, Sabretooth 4, Wolverine 21, X-Men 29, X-Men 12, Sabretooth 5, Wolverine 22 and 23! That's it. <laughs> Not much, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm going to take kind of a hybrid approach. I'm kind of going to do the blitz I've been doing the last few episodes. It may slow down a little bit on the last two comics. So, you know, I mean, this is the Wolverine podcast that goes Nick. Kind of the basis of this podcast where it started. At its crux, I know I go all over the place, but I mean, the spine of this podcast is kind of the Wolverine solo series. And so, I don't want to short through those comics. Um, so I may spend a little longer on those, but I'll probably take the previous approach of the Density of X episodes um, as on the other issues. Even some of the ones I like a lot um, will probably still move pretty quickly. And then, you know, coming up after this... Uh, I'm going to try to do catch up the uh, X-Men Unlimited, the stuff on Marvel Unlimited, like the digital only, then the gala, then we'll kind of make a plan for after that on current books, but also we'll catch up on the stuff I kind of left out of this initiative, which would be like New Fantastic Four, we'll, the rest of the Wolverine Patch series. I think it may actually be done now. I'll have to check. Um, you know, so we'll kind of, kind of go from there. Um... X-Men Legends, which just very recently came out as this recording, like today. Uh, The Gambit series. And then, of course, after all that, we'll get to Axe. Axe Mutant Spray. (laughs) And then the current event going on. And somewhere in all this, I gotta get back to flashback episodes because I miss them dearly. So, this one, I'm, I'm kind of this one's a little more back on schedule. I can't promise I'm going to stay there. But I feel like by the end of the fall, I should be back on schedule. Then I'll have my surgery. That'll probably not be back. And then going into <laughs> the holidays, will hopefully have things kind of straightened out. Um, anyway, uh, enough preface. Let's get into the meat and taters, these comic books we have here. We're going to start off with X-Force number 28. This is Power Hungry, or Cerebrax, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Robert Gill, colors by Guru Effects, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, designed by Tom Mueller and Jay Bowen, and then the cover is by Joshua Kassara and Dean White. Now on the cover we have Omega Juggernaut, which will be explained in the issue, and then running beside him is Domino, hanging onto his back, is Black Tom Cassidy, and then jumping in the background is Wolverine. Um, it's a cool cover. I like that because it's basically like an, a dirty white background, and the logo is in hot pink to match the Quentin Quire Omega Power, which also is all over Juggernaut. And then with the figures in white, 
or the shapes are all outlined in like a yellow color. It looks really cool. So like Wolverine's claws and body, for example, in the background are outlined in yellow but with motion. And it's just, it's a cool effect. It's a nice cover. I like it quite a bit. So, this one. Alright. Remember that the rogue Cerebro helmet. So now it's eating mutants. Quentin is having a bad breakup and telepathically trying out new bodies such as Kate Omega Juggernaut. So basically he's... It's almost like he's resurrected like these hollow bodies and he's asserting himself telepathically and seeing if he likes the way they work. Because he's having an identity crisis after his breakup. Um, so Wolverine interrupts him for help but he runs off. Sage asks Omega Red what he's going to do with his second chance. Wolverine and Domino go to the cradle where they are attacked by Cerebro. Uh, using Polaris powers, Cerebro... Uh, plays quick cutting yourself with Wolverine. Um, basically, uses Polaris's or Polaris's magnetism to bend Wolverine all around, and not just like. So, if you saw Stranger Things season four, you know um, the bodies that hang in the air and like break and get twisted up. Kind of looks like that, but even more increasing Wolverine. So, in addition to kind of breaking his joints and bending his bones around with magnetism, uh, Cerebrax, which the Cerebral Helmet is now going by, um, also bends his claws backwards into cutting his own wrist. Um, that's where the, the quick cutting yourself gag uh, came from. Um, so anyway, uh, Quentin Choir tries to warn the Cuckoos, but they don't care. Cerebrax gets away from Wolverine and Domino and goes after Black Tom. Um, so this chapter of the story was a little meddling, a little middling, um, but the writing as far as the actual scripting and dialogue wasn't bad. The plot beats were kind of eh, but the, the writing was pretty good. Um, I like that Quentin Quire is seeing the cracks in Krakoa, that's some of his reflection. Uh, Domino tells Wolverine, you should really get a side gig writing inspirational greeting cards after he basically gives uh, Quentin some particularly fatalistic advice. Um, they're not necessarily a Snick nominee, but when the cradle won't let them in, Wolvie uh, pops his claws and says, Good thing I always keep a spare key handy, bub. Um, <laughs> that's nice. Um, Arnt's not great. Um, even the part where Wolverine is contorted and his claws are bent to cut his own arms, it doesn't really look great. Um, man, it's too bad. I really liked Gil on Iceman, but maybe this book isn't just in his wheelhouse. I don't know. I, I'm... It's also, it's also a little looser, maybe with... The, who's inking? I forget already. I know we just talked about it. Oh, see, I think he's inking himself. And maybe that's the difference. But I mean, it's not bad. It's just not great. It's just kind of there. And that's where I'm going to kind of ultimately, ultimately land on this book, X-Force 28. Um, three out of six claws. So, all right. Let's move on to X-Men number 11. This is High Rollers, or A Busted Hand, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by Marty Garcia, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, uh, Mueller and Bowen with design, uh, the cover by Larraz and Garcia, and it is a nice cover. We have Polaris, Jean Grey, Rogue, standing in the background, and Wolverine, Laura, kneeling in the foreground, um, and they're all in last year's Hellfire Gala designs, which is awesome, and, and it looks great. I mean, it's Laraz and Gracia. 
match made in heaven is a, is a fantastic cover and that's where we find our characters so in last year's gala regalia uh, Jean Grey, Polaris, Rogue and Wolverine infiltrate Game World Game World boss Cordyceps Jones infects Wolverine with his fungus spores controlling her mind uh, Jean is badass and declares Earth off limits until Jones also appears to infect her Back on Earth, Cyclops and Sink track down Dr. Stasis. They split up in the sewer. Um, Sink uses Wolverine powers to skewer the white tiger head, and Cyclops finds Stasis and Blastiful, revealing an ace of clubs sinister under the mask. So, that's a very quick summary, but there's, this is a good issue. Um, so I really like to see the previous uh, gala costumes used again and with a function, right? Like they're going to game world, they break out last year's formal wear. You know, we, we know we have new designs coming up here just shortly, but it was cool to see the old designs because I really like Lord's design, especially the Wolverine. Um, looks fantastic. And there's also a line with Wolverine where she says, we make our own luck. Um, and there's a great sequence in this issue of sync using Wolverine's powers and it's an awesome awesome couple of pages let me just get to those pages because I want to just really focus on that um, so first of all uh, so they're in the sewer um, you know Cyclops is talking to sync and says you know sync complains about the stench in the sewer and Cyclops is like yeah Wolverine always complained about the same thing um, and so it's just kind of classic but uh there's a page where he if oh well before we get to that there's there's a page the page where uh cordyceps or however you say that takes over wolverine is a horrifically amazing page uh both the color work and the art and just the body body contortion of laura is just it looks amazing it's a great freaking page and then we immediately turn to the page of Sink in the Sewer. And he says, um, basically, um, the white tiger head guy is burning some of Dr. Stasis's hybrid bodies. And he says, uh, forgive me if I don't tuck tail for every mutant pretending to be Wolverine. And we get a close-up on Sink's eyes in red. He says, don't test me. So the tiger roars and jumps, and Sink roars with a great double snicked. And he literally just cuts the tiger in half. He says, you didn't let me finish. Fact is, I've been Wolverine longer than anyone alive. And we get an awesome snack, which I will probably nominate as a potential snack of the year. It's so awesome. It's, it's a great sequence. And of course, referring to the time in the vault, um, where he probably did borrow Wolverine's powers uh, quite a bit. Um, I knew, you know, obviously, I want to point out, you know, specifically borrowing Laura's powers because he only has two claws. He does not use the foot claws in this scene. Maybe he could have kind of kicked the tiger head while he was down. But um, anyway, just everything from the from the the writing to the art to the the body posing. Like when he, he has his arms out to the side with the double snicked, and then as he cuts, he like crouches and cuts and puts his arms on an X in front of him and kind of bends over. Then you see him from the back, and then he looks over his shoulder with the snack. It's such an amazing sequence. Bravo, bravo to the whole team. Um, so good. Um, 
And like I mentioned, Gene is super badass. He goes into the, like the main table where everyone's betting on Earth and says, you know, I, I wouldn't let the Phoenix stop me and take me over. What chance do you have? Um, you know, get out of here. And that's, when, of course, when we see that the Wolverine has been taken over. She has some fungus on her to kind of see physically what's going on. Um, man, uh, Cyclops is also pretty great in this issue. The, the last scene with him and Dr. Stasis. Um, we get to see some just good, like, classic Cyclops. And the part, like, he gets physical, right? They fight kind of close hand-in-hand. Hand. He catches a sword. Um, and then a big Zark as he blasts the helmet. And, man, it's just just fantastic issue. Um, top-notch writing, top-notch art. Very easy 6 out of 6 claws for me on this one. Alright, next we're going to move to Sabretooth number 4. Um, this is The Devil's Playground, or There and Back Again, uh, written by Victor Laval, or Lavalle, penciled by Leonard Kirk, inked by Craig Young, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by VC's Corey Pennant, woohoo! And uh, the cover is, oh, sorry, designed by Mueller and Bowen again. And the covers by Ryan Stegman, J.P. Mayer, and Frank Diamarda. So on the cover, we have a Krakoan vine saber-toothed figure running out of a swamp, lunging at the viewer. It's, it's straight-up horror comic. It's like Man-Thing meets Sabretooth, and it's awesome. It is such a good cover. I... And this one may may go in the cover of the year bunch. We'll see. But it's, it's so, so good. Um, So this issue, I've really enjoyed this series so far. And we only have five issues. This is the penultimate. It's maybe the closest to a letdown we'll get in the series. Um, So basically, it kind of puts us in the timeline. So while Wolverine is under for ten lives deaths, Sabretooth gains acolytes and resurrects himself. I mean, that's that's the plot beat for this issue. Obviously, there's a lot of, like, talking and walking around. Um, the art's okay. Kirk can be really good or kind of bland. This issue tends towards the vanilla. Um, and actually, in this one, so it's been a good mix of, like, a good comic booking and good social commentary. This one, really, the, there's a, the text page has some social commentary. And it's probably way better than the actual comic book this time around. Let's see if I can find it. So... It's actually, like, it's, it's pretty good. Um, just talks about how the mutants have broke the law and they got thrown into the pit. Um, and I'm, I'm just, indulge me, or I'll indulge myself. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Um, so it says, what do they do? The question that almost always follows the news is that someone has been thrown in jail. I get it. I've done it plenty of times, too. But it's interesting to think about what the question really means. It's not, what do they do? Here's what I think it means. Do they deserve it? But who decides something like that? Uh, and talks about the, the guy at Third Eye saw more than a few of his childhood friends go to jail because they sold weed three times. And then poof, is legal. And Granola, get, Granola Greg gets to save for retirement by swinging dope. Oh, uh, so what do we do? Necker and Oya broke the second law, murdered a man, then killed mercenaries and pirates, a non-augmented kind kind of a crack because we've already seen uh, Marauders and X-Force and people kill the Reaver pirates, right? Um, so they were just protecting Krakoa as well. Um, but they weren't picked for the work, weren't given a spiffy team title, so they were lawbreakers. 
uh, Melter broke the third law, respect the land, uh, but why did he really get in jail? Um, because he wanted a bigger role on the island. Of course, we saw the whole thing where he tried to sneak on the Quiet Council. Uh, so Xavier using a law to imprison someone for a different reason, uh, which that never happens in real life. Um, and I guess that's the point of this whole thing, right? Um, so Madison Jeffries also the third law. Um, you love the wrong part of a woman. <laughs> love the wrong life form. It went by danger. And I guess so he tried to build her an environment on Krakoa, but it was too inorganic to incorporate. Um, basically, Krakoa rejected like the health implant. Um, and Krakoa rejected her. So the Quiet Council also rejected her. Um, and, you know, there you go. Uh, and Third Eye, the narrator of this piece, uh, broke the first law, make more mutants. Um, he can clean the future, and he saw a lot of mutants on the island and creating children without a care, leaving babies to pile up like old shoes. Um, that's not timely at all either. Um, anyway, <laughs> so he started kind of not doing anything even bad or evil or even morally questionable and just being like, hey, there's a lot of uh, babies out here who aren't getting attention, aren't getting love. Um, maybe we should slow down a little bit. And birth rate dropped, which is funny. We haven't, we don't. That's a piece of Krakoa we haven't really seen. Um, and we we saw at the nursery, but who did they belong to? And I guess that's maybe the point of this too. <laughs> We've seen babies that belong to nobody. Um, and so I guess his challenge to the birth rate or to. to telling people not to procreate so much because we're neglecting the, the babies we're making, I guess they said that felt like led to less mutants. And if you have less mutants, you're not making more mutants. So there you go. Um, yeah. Um, so so here's the crux of this. And I think it's a really important sentence to this whole series. And I wish this issue focused more on this in the actual plot and text. But uh, anyway, it says, so what did we do? I'm going to tell you what law we really broke. We didn't know our place. And that is a punch to the freaking gut. I mean, how often is that the truth, right? Um, it says maybe that's all all that the enforcement and law enforcement turns out to be. A way to tell you who gets punished and who gets away with a smile and a seat on the quiet council. So scathing and honest social commentary. Un and the social commentary in the text pieces in this series have been great for the most part. And of course, I mean, it helps that it's of leanings that I, partic I tend to lean into myself, right? I mean, that, that helps. I can see if you're very much on the other side of some of this ideology. It might be annoying. Um, but I guess my point is the first three issues really had a nice balance of like, here's a, a interesting plot. Here is some good art. Here is some social commentary on the side, but it also kind of bleeds into the actual scripting and writing of the comic. And here it just felt a little more separated. The art wasn't quite as good to me in this issue. Um, the story was a little more bland. The social commentary was still really high off the charts, but not as incorporated into the story. Um, spoilers, ex-spoilers. Um, I, I'm going to bounce back a little bit for the last issue, but for Sabretooth number four... I'm only going to give it three out of six claws. It's, it's definitely the down issue of me for the series, but don't worry. It's it's going to be fine. All right. So Wolverine number 21 is, of course, uh, chained together, or 
crossed out in Deadpool handwriting. Deadpool Rules, Wolverine Drools, uh, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Adam Kubert, colors by Frank Martin, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, designed by Mueller and Bowen, and the cover is by Adam Kubert and Niraj Manon. And the cover is really cool. We have a helicopter in the sky and Wolverine and Deadpool jumping into what looks like water. Because it looks like these bullets streaming past them have gone underwater. And kind of, you know, the classic action scene, right? Of bullets shooting through the water past your antagonist. Um, it's a fantastic cover. It's so good. All right. So while Wolverine and Deadpool avoid the CIA, but Wolverine gets the briefcase as a squad of robo-wolvies drop out of a knockoff Blackbird. Deadpool explains that danger is behind everything. The severed hand from the auction was not actually Logan, but a high-quality automaton. So the CIA X-Desk used it to create Robo-X-Men. Wolverine is confused as he thought danger an ally, before he can try to slice and dice answers out of danger, Deadpool teleports them back to Weasel's base. But Weasel um, has sold them out to Maverick, and they land in an adamantium cage. Mavs takes the briefcase and opens it to reveal what looks like a dangerous Cerebro Iron Man suit, maybe? Folded up in the suitcase. Um, the writing is fantastic. Wolverine is grumpy. Wade is annoying, but in a good, entertaining way. And the art is, of course, amazing. So he's still doing this thing, uh, keyword, this design on this story. I'm not really sure what it has to do in particular with this story, other than it just looks awesome. We have like almost like the stained glass layout. A circle up top, a triptych down below, and then it's got a little corners of art around the circle. Um, so our first scene opens in that. We have that through the first several pages again, this issue, which is, is pretty rad. Um, there's a part where Wolver, uh, sorry, where Deadpool shoots Wolverine in the face, um, and on his gun, <laughs> there's uh, a little st sticker or drawing of a Wolverine and a Deadpool head, and it says BFFFs, and uh, a, a little script that says Tough Love with an arrow pointing out the end of the gun. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, uh, more fun. Um, as you know, Wolverine and Maverick kind of, I'm sorry, Deadpool and Maverick kind of interact, and there's a great scene of them running through the field. There's a great snicked, where so we've seen before Adam Kubert does, where he does a snick with the letters between the claws. I'm trying to remember, I could be wrong, but in this one, so we have the S N claw I, claw T K, claw T, you know, and then the exclamation point. And we've seen variations of that before. But this one, and what I don't necessarily remember, is the middle claw not only has the K between the claws, but the middle claw actually is part of the K. And it's really cool. It's just a really cool snake. So I may see that one again towards the end of the year. Um, and yeah, the art is just is so freaking amazing. Um, the scene of the Robo Wolverines dropping out of the Blackbird looks great. Um, there's a scene of them fighting the Robo Wolverines. It looks great. Uh, yeah, lots of, lots of fantastic art. There's a double page spread of Danger in her cockpit, manning her uh, computer monitors. And then there's multiple scenes of Wolverine and Deadpool in a circle around Danger. 
of fighting the Wolverine automatons, like different poses of them fighting. So like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different poses in a circle around danger. And then in an outside circle around that circle is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight or so images of the pre the briefcase getting like tossed around between different sets of hands. Um, this this double page spread is a masterpiece. It really is. It's so good. It looks freaking amazing. Um, and then we turn from that to a full page splash of because part of this whole thing is Deadpool is like trying to get on X Force and we see Wolverine standing up um, with the briefcase has has like sparks from the robots like cindering on him. And Deadpool laying on the ground, and Wolverine says, this isn't a effing audition. Um, and of course, there's like motor oil, blue blood all over Wolverine's body and claws as well. It's a, it's a fantastic page. Um, and then Danger comes down out of the plane. And Wolverine's ready to fight, but Deadpool transport, teleports him away. And the Maverick grabs a briefcase, and, and that's that. So, love the writing. Love the art. Love Wolverine in this actually like Deadpool quite a bit in this. This is another easy six out of six clause. So, all right, moving on to X-Force number 29. Um, all right, so this is Monster Island or The Hungry Mind, written, of course, I think it's all the same, yeah, all the same credits as last time. Another great cover. We have a monster... Krakoa Cerebro monster. Uh, Krakoa, the island that kills like a man. Of course, a, a play on the old Krakoa cover. Um, and then um, in the foreground, X-Force getting ready to fight. So Cerebrax, the rogue Cerebro helmet, eats Black Tom and takes over Krakoa. Wolverine is an adamantium pretzel, so he can't really go anywhere right now, so he sticks a domino on Cerebrax. Sage asks Jean to lock the island down. She makes everyone too afraid not to hide, so they basically get out of the way and fight Krakoa. Omega Red offers to help Sage since she reached out to him, so a little touching moment there. Quentin rides in on a TK motorcycle and telekinetically stitches Wolverine back together. A giant Krakoa monster attacks. With Sage's help, Omega Red attacks using his new enhanced techno tentacles to upload a virus to Cerebrax. Unfortunately, in an effort to prove himself, Kid Omega also penetrates the monster at the same time, and when the virus makes the Rebrax explode, it also kills Quentin Quire. So the X-Force guys are bummed, they're like, okay, fine, you know, he's dead, we'll resurrect him. But Sage reveals that for somehow, this exact mix of circumstances have erased Quentin from the Cerebro backups, so she's not sure he can be resurrected. So I thought this issue was a step up in the writing overall. The plot kind of matches the script. I said, you know, in 28, that good script, okay plot. Uh, Quentin Quire's our narrator. He's a good narrator. Um, I like the tension between uh, Wolfie and Omega Red, even after Red saves the day. And while it seems a little iffy, I at least like that Percy is trying to add stakes and risks to Quentin's death. Um... Really, very cleanly explained. I mean, you can kind of do some headcanon, right? Well, it was a Cerebro helmet. Cerebro's in touch with the backups. Somehow, when Quentin busted into the helmet, like his power maybe somehow like connected him to the helmet, 
And so when the virus erased the Cerebro, it also erased maybe references or, or data for Quentin in the helmet. Like, you can you can make the leap to get there, but it's not really easy <laughs> or explained well. Um, so I don't know. Um, overall, I still gave the issue four out of six claws. Uh, the art was still okay. But I thought this, the writing... Or not, the writing was fine. This, I thought the, the story was a little better. So... All right. X-Men number 12. I believe is also the same creative team. Um, Stasis, Disrupted, or Controlled Demolition. Yeah, everything's the same. On this cover, we have our current X-Men team and their final pose. We know we have the the gala coming up, which will have a new X-Men roster. So we have Polaris, Rogue, Jean, Sink, Sunfire, Cyclops, and again, kneeling in the foreground, because that is what she does best, is Wolverine. Um, It's an awesome cover. It really is. It's fantastic. Um, Everybody looks great. And it's a cool pose. And they're in the treehouse, so it looks cool. Alright, so Cyclops battles Stasis, who claims he is actually the true Nathaniel Essex. That the Sinister on Krakoa is a clone. Um... He also blows up his base and escapes. On Game World, we find out that Gene tricked Cordyceps into believing he has taken over all the X-Men, but he actually hasn't. He does eventually see through the ruse, but Rogue pecks Gene on the cheek and doubles up the Omega level TK to collect all the spores from the people on Game World. So a lot of people on Game World, there were some people there just to have fun to gamble, but a lot of them there were controlled by Cordyceps to buy his spores. So they use Gene's telekinesis, Gene and Rogue do, to, like, basically psychically, surgically remove all of the spores from all of the people. Um, and put them back into Cordyceps, and then Polaris then imprisons him in a Metal X Pokeball. Uh, Game World is free! Back on Earth, Cyclops and Sink return Ben Yurik's notes to him, and confess to mind-wiping him. I did not really see this coming. Um, so, uh, Sink was scared after Cyclops was died and didn't really know what to do. He feels like he, maybe he overreacted, but he realizes the truth is more important. So, Ben publishes the story that mutants have solved death, but only for mutants. I think, I think what he says is, is humans are not allowed to drink from the cup, which is an interesting kind of kind of parallel, because he talks about, in his article, Immortality, and makes some... Comparisons to where we see that in, in life and literature, and of course, uh, refers to you know, religious overtones of seeking immortality through um, piety and stuff like that. Um, anyway, um, where I lost myself in my notes. Um, yes, uh, so Cyclops is worried that this will be the end of his team of X-Men and maybe the end of his having a strong place in Krakoa but knows there will be another team after the gala and, and they will carry on the torch and you know if it brings the X-Men some trouble it's worth it. So great issue. Wolverine is great in this one. Everything looks great. Maybe a couple of things I want to highlight. Um, there's a scene obviously really interested to find out about Dr. Stasis. Uh, it's a pretty cool little mystery. Uh, the scene where Rogue Wolverine, Wolverine attacks Jean and it looks fantastic. And Rogue tries to stop her and she stabs Rogue through both of her hands, like open hands, and she kind of has her stop in the name and the pose going on, and Wolverine just stabs right through her. Um, all the art in this is so amazing. Pepe is one of my favorite artists 
and team him up with Gracia and it's just a match made in X heaven. My goodness. Um everything looks so good. So so good. And the scene with um Cyclops and and Sink talking to Vin Yurik is really cool. Um and he talks about how he's lost a story before and of course we see purple man and the purple children erasing Daredevil's identity. Um and I like because I believe that was a Chris Samney's Mark Wade story. Cause, and it looks like LaRoz kind of apes that scene in Samney's style. Like, it's it's, it's still LaRoz, but it has some Samney touches to it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, then we kind of see this X-Men team on their last mission to save, um, where is it, Madrid from the Mole Man. Um, and they all kind of talk about all the different things they have to do. Sunfire is going to go to Arico. He has stuff he needs to do. Um, Cyclops is worried that he won't be welcome anymore. Um, Wolverine kind of says, you know what? Uh, I'll do whatever the vote says, but I'm here if you need me. Um, Rogue has... Oh, she has to go help Destiny figure out what Destiny's... So I guess Destiny's been tossing her some riddles, and she's got to go solve it. Um... Polaris kind of says uh, she wants to go with the flow. You know, she's still voted on. Fine, if not, fine. Um, yeah, that kind of takes care of everybody. So, so kind of clearing the slate. A good conclusion to this X team. I feel like a very strong issue, a lovely issue, uh, another six out of six claws. All right, so now we're going to conclude this Sabretooth series with number five. Uh, let me double check. I think it's also the same creative team. Yes, this cover is also really good. We have a giant Sabretooth lunching and lurching over Krakoa Island with a little volcano and some choppy waves. It looks freaking fantastic. Alright, so in this issue, Mole talks magma into causing an underground volcano on Krakoa. Krakoa responds by siphoning power from all the mutants on that side of the island, which of course knocks them out. This clears the way for Sabretooth, recently resurrected through the ground, to find a boat and sail away. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Um, Mystique and Destiny try to stop him until Destiny realizes they need him to escape and sow the seeds of chaos. In other words, it fits her needs. So she talks Mystique into letting him go. So he does. He gets on the boat and goes. Uh, Doug goes to the pit to gather the other prisoners who realized they were duped by Sabretooth. He really had no plan to free them, just himself. Um, but Doug offers them their freedom, and they promise to track Sabretooth down and make sure he never comes back to Krakoa, and they can never come back. They're, they can have freedom, but it comes with exile. Um, which, of course, I mean, that's better than the pit, right? Um, so Topside, Moe, and others still spread the word allow Sabretooth ultimately to get revenge on Xavier after all by spreading discord and doubt about him. Um, at sea, Sabretooth's boat is accosted by Orcus, who slap a power dampening collar on him unawares and throw him in their secret mutant prison. That basically, they have mutants that they're imprisoning that Krakoa doesn't know about. Uh, it's like a floating sea prison that moves around. Um, a nurse with a cloud cover. <laughs> <laughs> so Destiny gives us a glimpse of the upcoming series, Sabretooth and the Exiles. That's one way to use a precog as a preview <laughs> of what's coming next. Um, so this one we don't actually get as much of a nice 
social commentary, but the actual story is pretty freaking good. This series really sticks the landing. The art is better. It's still not like peak Leonard Kirk, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, the same, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. It's just a really good comic book. Um, I'm going to give Sabretooth number five, five out of six claws. So, there you go. Four fives and a three, if I remember my counts on that series. So that's pretty good. That's um, 23 divided by five is like a high four, right? I think. <laughs> All right, Wolverine 22 and 23. Um, both of these covers are, you know, I think they're actually both homages. 23 is an homage to, I believe, Wolverine 88, where Deadpool was also in that issue. And it was like a white, black, and red cover, like kind of monochromatic or duochromatic. Denise, how do you say that? I don't know. But it had Deadpool standing with his swords crossed on the X and Wolverine, like, impaled through the swords. Well, this is the same thing. It's Deadpool, arms crossing, swords crossing an X, and Wolverine and I'm sorry, Danger, with their swords crossing an X, and Wolverine and Deadpool impaled on the blades. Um, the cover for 22 is a shot from the ground. We have Wolverine, Deadpool, and Maverick all looking at each other uh, with their weapons at each other's face. So, you know, Wolverine has one claw pointing at Maverick's face, one at Deadpool's face. Deadpool has swords pointed at Wolverine and Maverick's face. Maverick has guns pointed at Deadpool and Wolverine's face. You get the point. I feel like this may have been one of the text covers, but no, I don't remember for sure. So, anyway, uh, we're going to go through these two a little bit slower. So, we have Wolverine and Deadpool in the Adamantium Jail. Um... Deadpool refers to them as the odd couple. We get a nice snicked, and Wolverine stabs Deadpool through the head. He falls down. He says, there, that's better with a snack. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> he just wanted to shut Deadpool up. So we find out that the, the armor briefcase, the attache case, is not like Iron Man armor. It's actually like a mini danger, like a little cute danger doll. Um, so Maverick and Weasel are trying to figure out what to do when it blast them with power. Um, so they, they're trying to fight it. Wolverine is able now to... I guess the, somehow the cage was also like... I don't know. I don't know why he couldn't do this before. But now... Or maybe he just needed the distraction. So now um, he uses his claw to break... He reaches through the bars, cuts the lock, and is able to get out. I don't know. I guess he's actually not. He's trying to. I don't really know. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm not super sure. So he has his claw out, and he's, he's scratching around on the keypad, trying to, like, maybe he's trying to punch a code. Anyway, um, this is, oh, sorry, this one was called Cellmates, more like Best Buds, am I right? Or Bad Gamble. Um, yeah, so uh, Danger gets away, Maverick and Weasel chase him. Wolverine cuts Deadpool in half. Says, you know what? We could make a good team. And he throws his upper body across the floor and says, punch the code. ABC123. ABC. Talking about 123. And Deadpool's like, wait, a genius hacker's code is ABC123? But it is. It works. And Deadpool literally 
uses his arm to climb up the wall, punch the code, and then Wolverine gets out, says thanks for the help, runs away, and Deadpool's just waiting there like, but, but teamwork. Uh, Wolverine goes, top side, and everything's on fire. <laughs> they got him chased down. Um, we get a nice double-page spread as they run across a magic show. We see them chase the danger kitty across the stage and then chase it back the other way. Everyone's in chasing each other. Um, Deadpool takes himself back together. Wolverine steals a sports car. The danger little kitty flies away on rockets and Maverick grabs onto her legs or their legs. Um, Wolverine drives by and pulls the upper half of Deadpool off. He's like, oh, I just taped it up and tells Deadpool to drive and drops his face onto the accelerator pedal. We get a nice double snicked. Um, we get an awesome page, a double page splash. As the car hits a concrete barrier, Wolverine flies out, uh, almost like crotch to the camera, over a water fountain. A Maverick tries to shoot him, but he launches himself to Maverick, cuts his gun out, makes him drop the danger bot, and they fall down into the fountain. Wolverine recovers the bot, or at least the head, finds that Deadpool is gone, but then Blind Owl drives up, and both the Deadpool's upper half and bottom half are seat belted, buckled in the back seat, and Blind Owl ironically drives them off. Um, so she's the one that finds out that the CI desk, CIA desk has something on danger that forced her to give them the secret to make the X robots. Um, in the back seat, there's also a plush Wolverine and Deadpool dolls, which is cute. So uh, Blind Al has a base that she takes them to where they can kind of hack and figure out, okay. And they figure out that the robot was trying to get in touch with another frequency and it's at the old X-Mansion. So we end with a full-page splash of Wolverine and Deadpool about to go into Xavier's school for gifted youngsters, which, of course, is deserted. Um, so another fantastic issue. And in 23, we're just going to roll right through. So Wolverine talks about how you can never go home again. He kind of goes it into... So we have several pages of, again, the circles and the triptychs and the stained glass motif of lots of different scenes of him at the mansion. And it talks about also Krakoa. Then it's, it's a home for now, but eventually it'll be in the rearview mirror as well. Nothing good last. You can never go home again unless you're going to burn the bitch down. And we see a, a full page of him cutting through the door. Then go in and... Uh, sorry, this one is called... Oh, we're doing puns now? Bad manners, like the manor, uh, like the estate... Um, what is this, a Deadpool comic? And then is also called Old Haunts. Um, and then, oh, I forgot. A an extra credit in all of these is Deadpool as Butthead of X. Remember, we used to have the, the uh, credit of Jonathan Hickman as Head of X, so Deadpool is the Butthead of X. Um, we have a, a, a double-page splash with inset captions. Um, of Wolverine and Deadpool walking through the mansion, which is, of course, overrun with weeds and stuff. And, yeah, uh, Deadpool does say, you know, okay, I understand you're not, you're not going to let me be an X-Force. Fine, I can't be on Krakoa. Fine, whatever. But promise me one thing. I found out at the base that Blind Al is dying. Can you please give her Krakoan miracle drugs? Wolverine's like, yeah. And Deadpool is kind of caught off guard. He thought he was going to have to argue. He's like, oh, 
Okay, cool. Good talk. <laughs> um, there's a funny little scene about uh, the text page is, is Deadpool saying, what if Wolverine and Deadpool are in a fight together and they both lost their nipples and they were looking on the ground for their nipples like contact lenses and they, they picked up the wrong nipples and, and smushed them to their chest to regrow. Wouldn't that be sweet? <laughs> anyway. Um, so, of course, at the mansion, Wolverine and Deadpool find more ex-robots, and they fight them. And then Danger reveals herself, because Wolverine reveals the head of Danger's daughter. That's what it turns out to be. Um, and Danger just wants to be left alone. And at first, Wolverine's like, you know what? Fine. You can be left alone. But for whatever reason, at first, Danger's unwilling to do that. Um, and that part's not super clear. Like, Wolverine's ready to, like, here, you have your daughter back? I stay here with her. Do your thing. Like, leave us alone. I'll leave you alone. Let's all be happy. But, but Danger feels jilted. I guess that's the main reason. They get into that a little bit. Um, And so she's not going to let Wolverine go. And so, of course, we get a, a double snicked. Since you're going to take a bite, get ready for a tough cut. Snick, snicked. <laughs> so a meat fun. Um... Anyway, then Deadpool crashes in. He starts helping shoot the robots. Um, then Danger ends the charade because at first they were in this room that was like a family of, like a family dinner. Um, so she turns that off and says, you know, you may have unbreakable bones and a healing factor, but I can still cut you up. And all these giant buzzsaws come out and cut Deadpool and Wolverine all to pieces. And we see a black and red panel of them kind of healing, but they heal into like this grotesque, like unified form. And they jump up, and they start to try to fight danger, but he's like, whoa, 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 that's gross. Let's go. <laughs> and they eventually kind of pull each other apart from each other. And and we see Wolverine reading, or sorry, we see Deadpool on the beach with Blind Owl. She's healed, and he's reading Wolverine number 23, this very issue. Um, and then um, he walks over, I guess they're on the Krakoan beach, enjoying a vacation, enjoying her healing. And they go into the X-Force base, and Wolverine's like, hey, wait, get your ass over here, we need your help. So Deadpool is going to at least go on a mission anyway. It's a really nice, sweet ending. And I'm giving Wolverine 22 and 23 both 6 out of 6 claws. So, there you go, some really pretty good comics. Um, and I guess overall X-Force was kind of the not-so-hot one. Um... I promise to rank all the books. Shit. Um. I didn't do that. Dang. I really wanted to. Well, you know what? Let's see what we can do here. Alright. I'll just end it out some dead time, right? So I have done averages for all the X books post X Lives and X Deaths leading up to the gala. So here's kind of where we stand. I'll have to kind of have to cheat a little bit. So we have three books that I've given all sixes. Um, that would be New Mutants, X-Men, and Wolverine. So if I had to rank those, I'm going to go New Mutants number one. That's my favorite book right now. And probably one of my favorite books on the stands, period. Um, then if I had to go after that, I'm probably, maybe I'm just a homer being on the podcast, I'm going to go Wolverine number two, X-Men number three. But all of those are like 
in my mind, fantastic comic books. They're all so, so good. Um, really, really good. Alright, so then, number four, with, with an average so far of 5.67 claws, would be Immortal X-Men. Okay? No, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> Alright, so New Mutants 1, Wolverine 2, X-Men 3. Those are my top three books right now in the X-Men universe. Number four, I'm sorry, with 5.75 average would be X-Men Red. Number five with a 5.67 average, so neck and neck, would be Immortal X-Men. Okay? And then an honorary number six would be Sabretooth, which has an average of 4.6 claws. Okay, so they're number six. Um, then, I'm kind of surprised by this. I think it's because I haven't done as many, I don't think there's been as many X-Force issues. Um, but I have Neck and Neck, Legion of X, and X-Force. Um, according to this, Legion of X has a slight edge. I'm, I guess... <laughs> I guess I'll make them number seven and X-Force number eight, but I mean, we're really splitting hairs there. Um, number nine would be Knights of X, which I still enjoy, and really the only one I actually haven't really enjoyed that much. Coming into last would be Marauders at number ten. All right, so the rundown one more time. My X-Book ranking is my personal who cares what anyone else thinks? No, I do care. Then please tell me where you agree or disagree. But let's pretend that I'm a jerk and I don't care. Uh, my ranking or the official podcast of Ghost Nick ranking of the the first kind of round, first act of Destiny of X is number one, New Mutants. Number two, Wolverine solo title. Number three, X-Men. Number four, X-Men Red. And all of those... All of our top five, Immortal X-Men at number five, are all very, very high on my list. And they're all upper echelon books, I think, right now. All great books. Fantastic. So that rounds out the top five. Then just barely outside of that, at number six, is Sabretooth. Then number seven and number eight, kind of interchangeably, are Legion of X and X-Force. And then number nine which is still an average of, of three claws, and probably a little over, because some of those are three aces, so it probably maybe bump that up a little bit. So it's probably more like a three and a half, if I did it right, is Knights of X. And then at the bottom of the heap for me is Marauders, um, the only one averaging below three claws. Um, so there you go. I don't know if that matters to any of you or not, but I thought it was fun for me to do, and I said I would do it, so I did it. <laughs> Alright, so like I said, next up will be like uh, catching up on all that I can of the Marvel Unlimited stuff, and then we're going to do the gala. Really looking forward to that, getting as many of the gala rows back as I can um, to celebrate that. That'll be our official 10th anniversary show, even though we'll be a little bit, probably about a month past by the time I get there, but that is okay. Alright, so as always, you can uh, like the Facebook page, Twitter is um, at SnickCast, show notes and stuff for snickcast.podbean.com. Um, yeah, and that's it. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everyone.
拜。